Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is Robert Rogers, and you've just connected to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Show. We are now one week out from the amazing and spectacular Parkinson's Recovery Summit in Santa Fe, New Mexico. We'll be convening together as a group of presenters and participants on February the 21st in the evening at 7 p.m. until 9 for a fantastic reception at the La Fonda Hotel in historic district of Santa Fe, New Mexico. We do this once a year because, as I've discovered from revising Road to Recovery from Parkinson's, my my book that I actually launched several years ago, that there are dozens and dozens and dozens of options that are helping people reverse their symptoms. The challenge then turns on which are the options that are going to be most helpful to you. Some of the options help some people but not others. And so the real teaser is to figure out what really is going to be the pathway that will help you reverse your symptoms so that you become symptom-free. At the summit, it's not just a question of attending workshops. It's a question of experiencing many of the modalities that are helping people reverse their symptoms firsthand, live and in person. There will also be an amazing group of individuals who will be offering mini sessions or little therapies so that you can see whether or not that particular therapy or approach might be also useful to you. So they're not actually offering presentations, but they are there to be present throughout the summit, available to you so that you can get them to offer to you what it is that they do so that you can experience it and see whether or not that's something that might be useful to you in the long run. Shereen Noon is one of just those types of persons, and here is a short clip of her describing what she will be offering at the 2013 Parkinson's Recovery Summit. There's 32 points on the head, and, they, and they're called the bars because it's basically like on one, one hemisphere of the brain to the next hemisphere, the other hemisphere. You can touch points, and it's just a bar that's going through the brain. Say there's a, say there's a bar right above your ear. So you touch one point with one finger and then the exact same spot on the other side of your head. And then I just ask the body, the body's running its own bars. I just ask the body to run their bar on this issue. Each, each point has a different connection to a different part of your life. And I just ask the body to run its own bar and it takes the polarity, like the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, um, and just neutralizes all that. So after, it takes about 60 to 90 minutes to run someone's bars. After after neutralizing all these different things, all these different areas of your life, like money, creativity, creating connections, creating life forms, there's an implant band where all this stuff gets implanted into you, your you know, conditioning and programming, just, just neutralizing all that energy and all those thoughts and all those conclusions and judgments and assumptions just creates this space of you know, who you really are to start showing up. Now, Shereen, you're going to be at the Santa Fe Summit, and will you be available to provide individual private sessions to persons? Yes, I will. I'll be there uh, starting on Thursday night, and I'll be there the whole time. So if anyone wants to book a session, they can just call me at 310-497-0597, or you can email me. 
I have personally never experienced what Shireen Noon does, which is called bars, so I've already made my appointment with her since I'm always game for something that's new and fascinating. So be sure to call her and make your appointment in advance if you'd like to be sure and connect up with her and receive this, what is obviously a very new experience and clearing out some of those kinds of thought forms and programs and past experiences that are no longer in your best and your highest good. I will also personally be offering at the conclusion of the summit in the very last segment something called a family constellation workshop. It's a way to basically disengage all of those entanglements that may in fact be obstructing your recovery. Here's a brief description that I've got for you of what family constellation can potentially offer in terms of paving the way to a smooth and effortless pathway down the road to recovery. My research on Parkinson's over the past six years has revealed one troubling pattern for some individuals. Some individuals literally try every option imaginable. They take their recovery seriously, yet despite what they do, it seems as though the symptoms simply will not reverse as they hope. When this happens, it's possible that the impediment to recovery lies somewhere deeply rooted in a family system. Recovery can be impeded when there are entanglements in family systems. When I use the word entanglements, I don't mean something that's conscious. These are unconscious dynamics that involve a child willing to do anything for a parent out of love. Family Constellation Workshops enable you to identify the possibility that such an entanglement may exist in your family system. Once the entanglement is identified, it is cleared, making the road to recovery possible. My guests today on the radio show are two individuals who will each be offering an hour-and-a-half workshop. The theme of the first by Bianca Molay will be to tell her own story of recovery. She's now symptom-free. The second workshop will be by Master Ming Tang Gu, who offers training sessions to individuals who are interested in learning how they can essentially become proficient in something called Qi Gong. What I'm going to now play is a discussion between these two amazing individuals as they discuss their own experience with the power of Qi Gong. Um, hi, everyone. This is Bianca uh, from sunny California, sunny and cold California, and uh, we're doing Sunday Connections, and I am honored to have as my interview guest today uh, Chi Master Ming Tang Gu, who is, uh, by way of introduction, the man who uh, introduced me to Qigong and to my amazing healing from Parkinson's disease. And um and started me on a road to recovery, which now I'm so grateful many are following. Um, and we're so fortunate to have Ming Tung here with us today. And um, Ming Tung, I mean, I met you a little over three and a half years ago at the Healer Within workshop, where I 
immediately started to experience um, relief from Parkinson's disease. But I'd like to know a little bit about what got you there in terms of um, a little bit of your background mm -hmm. and also if you could explain at the very basic level, even though I know a lot of our listeners already know this, if you could explain what is uh, Qi and what is Qigong? Yes, that's always a great place to begin with. Uh, I'm happy we have this opportunity to share and uh, connecting all of you, whether you're listening this moment, I will be listening later, or connecting with us uh, directly and also indirectly. Again, I want to you know share the same purpose as I share with uh, Bianca, that we are sharing this uh, to benefit all beings, more people can tap into the new possibility of healing for better health, better uh, life in general. And so with that intention is really coming from my deeper experience, deeper, you know, uh, discovery in my life, and that is possible. And so I want to share a little bit of with you. And at the same time, I remember so well, Bianca, you know, <laughs> when we first met, that was in the Spearlock, uh, Spearlock uh, weekend workshop. No, actually, Ming Tung, I had I had tried to sign up for the Spirit Rock, and you were already so popular that I couldn't get into that one, and so oh, okay. uh, I had to go to the, the JCC and went to that one instead. So that was the first time I I don't think you were aware of me then, but I was aware of you then. <laughs> yeah, that was a big cloud. I guess everybody kind of uh, yeah, uh, you know, really engaged in big group in Spirit Rock. I remember well. We had yes. opportunity to to exchange, have a question. So you're one, yes. one of the most eager people <laughs> in asking these questions. And I was uh, uh, remembering very well that, uh, so that really made a huge difference. And, of course, you're going to share more, you know, that uh, how your eagerness uh, made this possible for, you know, in amazing how amazing benefit you cultivated. And I really uh, appreciate that. So... In coming back to my own story, you know, oh, yeah. I was uh, raised in China in a small village and uh, relatively unexposed, uh, even know about Tai Chi and Qigong in terms of conceptually, the words is there, but I didn't get opportunity really to practice, to learn about it until I was in the U.S. When I came to U.S. in 1985, to study mathematics, and then continue to study fine arts. In the process of study fine arts in the graduate school, I discovered Qigong. So ah. back then, I was really getting into Qigong more for philosophical and spiritual reason. Yeah. It's really for the question of you know, you know, who we are, why we're here on the planet Earth. You know, what makes us happy or not? What's the really meaning, purpose? And yeah. I think that's the question, you know, often we uh, guiding us to a deeper journey, deeper discovery. So in that timing, I discovered Qigong. Then I went to China and studied Qigong. In that process, I wasn't really um, have uh, much of a conscious uh, inspiration to heal my body. Even my body was in a very bad uh, condition. And because of the severe condition, including sclerosis, including asthma, including 
low back uh, pains and kidney weakness. So all these problems he was uh, having, I was having in childhood. Basically, I was very weak, weak yeah. boy, you know, and kind of uh, growing up that way, there was no cue for these conditions. So I kind of um, ignored it. I didn't really take serious uh, treatment or pay much attention to it. Yeah, so you I just accepted it. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I choose to live in my head. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. directory. People with Parkinson's can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I understand very much. You know, so I can relate to people who you know very intellectual, philosophical, and I think most of people nowadays uh, still living in life. Um, I was very familiar with that, and still noticing myself from time doing that. So that's kind of brief summary how I you know, getting to Qigong from a very different kind of life, different physical condition to a new life. And uh, so my experience in the Qigong Center in China and uh, to study with Dr. Pan and with my teacher really changed my life. So again, in the beginning, I was doing it only as a curiosity, as a hobby, as a passion, and as a way of discovering myself. But on the way, the amazing physical healing benefit come out of that for myself, but mostly so impressed by all the healing results you know, happening in the Qigong Center in China. Most of you have read about that already. really touched me deeply. And beyond just spiritually, feel you know, connected, feel spiritually inspired and meaningful feel, you know, the spiritual purpose. But at the same time, in the practical dimension, really affected me. And so the health, as many of you have experienced, can dramatically change very quickly. So with that said, basically, uh, I'm so thrilled, you know, continuously discovering not only the spiritual benefit, but also the practical benefit. And really, the merging of the practical and spiritual is so fascinating and intimate in this process of working with the chi. So when you say, what is chi? <laughs> chi is like uh, this life energy behind everything, you know, connecting everything. The physical, the emotional, even our mental function is dependent on chi. So sometimes, you know, when I'm... Um, uh, working so hard mentally, concentrating, especially working with a computer, and you, you, without realizing, you feel you know exhausted. What that means is you're running out of chi. The brain is running yeah. out of chi. Your mind is running out of chi to function in the most uh, optimal way. So you know, with that awareness of qigong, I'm constantly you know be become more aware, so I can really. Do the practice of qigong, just tuning into my body, into my brain, then my mind can function better. I can work harder, <laughs> work more, <laughs> become Absolutely. more productive. Yeah. So, so I'm speaking of this very practical, you know, language, but it's very profoundly spiritual. It has profound implication. So, it's really qigong is about the ability to work with energy, and that energy. Is really affecting all area of life and affecting women, 
the nature, the season, the planetary scale for life in general, and affecting all, you know, life, our connection internally, our connection externally, our view about, you know, who we are and the planet Earth and the universe. So all that is encompassing. So I'm giving you, you know, just kind of overall view of what Qigong is about. Yeah, basically Qi is the source of 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 all life, I hear you saying. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So Qigong and I allows think a... us to discover, you know, a science, art, and how to work with the source energy in our practical life as well as spiritual life. Yes, the, the more expanded we are, the more we go into the arts and sciences. And I think that, that what chronic disease often does is it drains us of that. We gradually move away from that and feel ourselves moving away from life in a way, you know. So um, so in that particular case, you know, we are focused on, you know, helping people with Parkinson's challenges, you know, really noticing how, you know, this physical illness, physical disease, and causing so much not only physical stress, but also emotional stress. So by yeah. doing, you know, as a consequence is that this physical body starts to contract. Yeah. And the emotional body, emotions start to also close down, and including a mind feel very limited, like living in a box. So what yeah. happens is um, our life energy, the chi, you know, become stagnant, become limited, and our yes. life force start depleted. So Absolutely. Opposite, yeah, it's the opposite of health, opposite yeah. of healing. So how to reverse these patterns, these conditions, is, is, is the very essence, very essence of healing. Right. So I'm so and we have a number know. of people, uh, Ming Tang now, who are, there's sort of a lineup of people, and I have them on mute right now, and I'm thinking that maybe what I should do, do you, should we start opening up to questions? You know, either way, I'm fine. Probably we could uh, cover some basic question you have, you know, people have been asking already. Before okay, we, so you know, open okay, to, well, well, you know, direct the line for question, I'm happy to answer any questions. Okay, very you know. good because, um, you know, it's it's a, it's uh, almost two fifteen, and we are scheduled from from two to three. We can go on um, past three, but I don't want to keep you <laughs> too much longer than that either. So, want to make sure we can cover as much as we can. So, um, a That's few great. of the questions. Um, let's see. Uh, well, since we were talking on a on a larger scale first, let's let's do that, and we'll get into the more technical, specific questions as we sort of narrow it down. But um, uh, Muran from um, across the sea, uh, who probably cannot be listening right now because of the time difference, uh, it came across. She really had a good question in terms of people with Parkinson's disease often have an enhanced sense of empathy and compassion for others, and have real difficulty showing that same sense of empathy and compassion to themselves, and also they seem to take on um, uh, the pain and suffering of others uh, very easily, absorb it, and, and with the news being so negative and everything, um, it, it, they're very, people with Parkinson's, they're very good at, it seems like, negative visualization and absorbing all this, and she wanted to know if you had any suggestions for um, yeah, that, that's a really uh, good question. First of all, you know, I want to acknowledge that's a good qu- 
quality yes. uh, for empathy, you know, and compassion for others. But also, I'm also observing is that uh, often, you know, um, people tend to be very mental on one hand. On mm-hmm. another hand, is also emotionally sensitive. Yes. So, so it's like uh, what I mean is, uh, you know, the cases I observe is um, people emotionally sensitive has a more tendency, you know, kind of concern how people respond to me. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm whether I'm certain, you know, relationship or certain attitude towards others, and beyond good or bad, whatever process might be, but. To, Emotionally sensitive people tend to be care more about how people respond to me. Yes. Yeah, so yes. So when you care for that, then you are basically you are in a process become more vulnerable. Your emotion become a vulnerable more depends on how people responding to you instead of internally, you know how you're making your choice. You can be very compassionate, loving to others, but if you choose to, you know, really care in a sense, uh, of course we do care of people's response, but if we too overly care how people respond to me, then my emotion will be dependent on how people respond to me instead of I am enjoying uh, being compassionate. Right, is that, that whole people-pleaser, yeah, that whole people-pleaser exactly. thing. Yeah. It's a subtle, subtle you know, differentiation. That's right. why I want to be really real here, authentic here. You know, mm-hmm. it's honoring the good quality, but also yes. really be aware of somewhat not healthy tendency. When I say unhealthy, that means the benefit for yourself may not be as good. Right, for instance, I used to have great difficulty, and, and, I, and with saying no. And I used to hear all these popular psychologists on TV and radio say, you know, learn to say no, and it didn't mean anything to me. But now I understand that it that that you know, don't say no to just anything, but it's okay to say no when that's being my authentic self. Right. Being authentic yourself that means in this case is really connected. You're internal yes. Uh, authentic, I mean, self, internal voice, internal uh, desire, internal energetic feeling. And right. that often relating to, you know, compassion, love to yourself. Exactly. So my answer, yeah, my answer is really turning this good quality of being compassionate, loving to others without losing that quality, but applying that to ourselves. And I notice in the question is often, you know, it's difficult because mm-hmm. we feel difficult to do so. Then we have a tendency to, you know, go out to do that. So what I'm suggesting is uh, understanding that um, depending on others' emotional response can depleting us. Yeah. So that gives us a good incentive, you know, turning inwardly. Be loving, compassion to yourself first, and then yeah. expanding the loving compassion to others. So yeah. in this case, uh, have that understanding, have that choice is really important. And then secondly, is really the practice, the energetic practice, especially qigong. Allow yourself and make it possible to do that. Yes. So yes. it's not I just, was just you going- know. 
Yeah, I was just going to share, Ming Tung, that, for instance, when I when something hits me emotionally on the news or whatever, for instance, the terrible tragedy of Sandy Hook, one of the things that I immediately did was use your wonderful CD, the Inner Vibrational Sound Healing, the one that has the sound for the brain and everything, and I, I went and I used that, and, and that really uh, helped, I think, organize the energy in my organs and everything so that and, and and I think I might have used it more than once a day for a while after that um when I felt I needed it you know and and so going into the practices uh, I find very helpful beautiful that's a, such a good case you know applying these technology in a daily basis and oh, yes. again the formal practice you know make it possible for you become like uh is this moment you choose to do this seems to being um, victimized by right. energy or news, whatever we identify, to make this choice and takes more than just mentally understanding it. So your practice has built into not only to this conscious choice, but to become a natural choice. Right, and I mean, for me, like you said, it, it, it took me out of the role of being a victim because I thought I can dedicate this practice not just for myself, but I can dedicate it to everyone who's involved and everybody who's feeling this tragedy, you know? Exactly, so that is so beautiful. You can focus on what you can do. Yes, Instead yes. of what happened, being limited by it. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. It's thank you so much for that answer and also for um, for that CD. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, let's see um, some other questions. Oh, she had another question. She wanted to know: Can full recovery happen for someone who's had Parkinson's for ten to twenty years? Well, I think you have uh, you know better answers <laughs> than I <laughs> I have. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, even though I was only diagnosed about 14 months before I met you and, and, and started healing, I know now from, you know, or I, what, what I discovered about Parkinson's is that I was actually experiencing symptoms of Parkinson's for at least eight years prior to my diagnosis. I know I had tremor for two years prior, but, you know, I was in denial. I told myself, oh, too much coffee, or I'm just a nervous type, or, you know, because, and I think a lot of people with Parkinson's do this, too. They they don't want to take the time out for themselves. And But um, so I, I, I did have it for a long time. But in terms of people for 10 to 20 years, I mean, I would say anything is possible, and, um but as I recall, you at one time described healing, and I agree, as an unraveling process. And I would imagine the longer you've had the condition, in general, the longer it's going to take to unravel. Um, and, and if there are other complications that that may, you know, there may be knots to be untied and things like that using that metaphor. Does that seem to make sense? Uh, yeah, that makes sense in terms of our, you know, uh, like uh common sense we think of that way is that's that's we assuming that way so that's usually happened that way but there can be spontaneous but, healing right yeah the yeah. healing is about go, going beyond just common sense oh it's going absolutely beyond our normal way of assumption no normal way of approaching it so i want to really addressing the this question from a different point of view okay you know it's like um First of all, you know, my personal belief, yes, any condition mm -hmm. can heal. Yes. Any condition, no matter how long that is. So that means any condition can improve to begin with. 
Yes. To begin with, now how long can you totally recover from this condition? And that is really truly depends on you know um, the person, but that means it depends on the person how the person is relating to the practice, how mm-hmm. the person is relating to energy, how the person is relating to life, and how the person is believing something or instead of resisting in something. Yes. So it's really yes. understand, you know, when I say I believe, so it's beyond possible, it's doable. You can mm-hmm. realize. But the question is, if you look at it scientifically, then how can you realize this result? Realizing the miracle of total recovery. When we say miracle, and that means beyond conventional assumption, beyond your normal way of understanding this is clinical, this is impossible, this is only getting worse over the time. And that is from a normal paradigm of the physical body condition. Say, okay, some part of the brain is not producing dopamine, and the brain cell cannot recover itself, so we're doomed. We cannot do that. So that is a look at that way physically. But then body is beyond just the physical cell, beyond just brain cell function, isolate way. There's a much greater dimension there, you know, the physical body, the mind, the heart, and the spirit. And all these dimensions are working together to yeah, allow us to feel human, allow us you know, to qualify as human beings. So really, and, you know, no matter what the condition is, whether Parkinson's, neurological condition, fatigue condition, or cancers, we have to really shifting our question, shifting the way we're looking at health first. Right, right. So and also, we're really I, I, asking a different question to begin with. So when we say, can this condition heal, we're, look, we, we're thinking this is a physical body, physical condition. But if we say, can your mind-body heal together? Yes, yes. That is a big shift. Absolutely, and and I would like to bring up a point here because I I think it's it's important in terms of the body and mind healing together. I had one person say, you, or, or uh, looking at the DVD, well, um, uh, you know, I can't do it that way. I, I can't do it like that. And if I watch it, I'm going to think of how imperfect my movements are. And I said, no, no, you visualize the movements as being perfect, and you do them as imperfectly as you do them. That doesn't matter, you know, because you want to get out of that negative. If you're, if you're thinking negative about yourself while you're practicing, that's not helping the practice. Right, yeah. So the coming down to it, you know, is uh, really two things. Is, uh, one is um, uh, our choice, our choice to be positive, our choice to be more healing, choice mm-hmm. to be more creative, the choice of, you know, going beyond uh, the negative assumption, whatever limitation might be. And the second is, is really working with a tool such as Qigong in a most consistent but also loving way, as you said. Yes. So yes. when people ask me the question, have I observed, you know, and healing of Parkinson? Of course I have, you know. So we don't have any, like, tangible statistics, you know. In the Qigong Center in China, you know, we have overall statistics for all conditions. 
95% of success rate. That means 95 people experiencing measurable physical change according conventional medical stand. No matter what their you know condition might be, most of these are very severe conditions. And we don't have any particular statistics just focus on Parkinson's. And even you know for people who are experiencing that challenges can be important question, but you need to look at it. You know, human being who are experiencing these conditions pretty much uh, for the same reason. It's really the energetic stagnation, energetic depletion, the energetic stress, the energetic disconnection, and lack of flow, you know, lack of um, deeper energetic empowerment, energetic, uh, let's say, uh, resources, so to speak. So it's really the question how I can go beyond the limitations. So again, from my observation, uh, I personally know so many people uh, experienced uh, total recovery in China, now including yourself here. And the most of them in the beginning stage experiencing recovery from certain symptoms. Mm-hmm. And symptom improving and including decreasing medicines, including and other quality of life, and mostly le- you know less of emotional stress, less of mm-hmm. physical stress, and mm-hmm. feeling more energy, can eating better, can function better, can do things they're not able to do, you know, in normal way uh, with um, with um, Parkinson's challenges. So. These cases is all there, not only in China, in the U.S., especially over the last few years. And again, and I have a great opportunity to work with many people come to retreat, can observe the, cha- the change right yeah. away yeah. over the, you know few days right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, usually I, mean, I, I, I can think question. of offhand. I'm sorry, I, I was just because I can think of offhand of about 10 people that I know of just without thinking very hard who are right. in the process of reversing symptoms, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So then yeah. the question, you know, we, we, we do want to be real here. It's like mm-hmm. how long can you sustain or continuously improving these changes, good changes? And the, the, the answer is the same. It's really how can you continuously empower yourself? You know, yes. working with this practice, working with conscious choices, working with energy. We're human beings. We, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what condition we're experiencing, we're often experiencing challenges, experiencing limitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it doesn't matter what kind of illness we're facing. Even for healthy people, we're experiencing yeah. these similar challenges emotionally, physically, even mentally. So how we deal with these challenges. And the Qigong is really about constantly empower self yes. to make a new choices, transforming from one emotion, you know, it's really important to address in a healing or Parkinson's condition, is the feeling of fear. Yes. <laughs> the feeling of fear. <laughs> so this is such a common human emotion. So what a qigong is is like instead of being a victim of fear or trying to you know working against it, you go deeper mm-hmm. into your body, feeling this fear in your body, in your kidneys, 
instead of focus on the story of the fear, instead of focus on how other people are going to respond to my fear, and yeah. how other people are going to you know see me, and what's the implication of that? You know, five days later, five years later, then we projecting into the future, creating more stories, more fear, more yes. energetically limiting us. Yes. So it's counterproductive, basically. So yes. we all know that. The question is, remains how we can change that um, pattern, become more productive. Yes, you know, they keep saying that people, you know, uh, they use the term, let go, let go. And I never knew what that meant because I was living so in fear. And now I understand people who live in fear are trying to control all the time because if they can control the outcome, then it's not as scary. So letting go means go with whatever the outcome is. (laughs) You don't have to control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, again, the key is um, starting with your body, actually. Like before yes. you, you know, accepting the outcome, whatever outcome might be, is you know, is you go inwardly into exactly. your physical body, and even you're feeling emotionally fearful and really and horrified, or you know, really deeply desperate, whatever might be emotion you're feeling, but really important, go into the physical body, how your physical body is responding in this moment. So really, um, the tangible experience of that choice has to come from your practice, whether yes. yoga practice, you know, other practice. But yes. Qigong really allow you go to that place in a tangible way, in a very experiential way. Then you can move through the fear. As you mentioned, the sound healing allow you to transform the fear, empower yes. yourself. And the movement allow you move, you know, this energy of fear instead of stuck. You move into different organ and start to express this energy, process energy. So not stuck in the kidney, stuck in this area of emotional contraction. Then that energy doesn't really um, affect you same way as we used to feel anymore. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, uh, I, I noticed that things that, you know, used to, I, I wrote a blog piece about this, that things that used to get me upset for half the day, like almost being in a car accident, somebody almost cutting me off, now I feel it for maybe a few seconds or a minute, and then it's done. And I know that's because of all the Qigong work that I do. Yeah. You know, the, the that whole is difference so beautiful, in the body. you know, imagining you know, not only uh, for people experiencing uh, working with Parkinson's challenge right now, you think of that implication, you know, but yeah. for people also, for everybody, you know, yes. we do experience fear. Fear is part of life, mm-hmm. and it's nothing wrong with that. It's a human experience. But if we are, uh, let's say, stuck with the fear, yeah. then the implication is not very, you know, promising, not very positive not very healthy and but how to change that pattern is 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 such an amazing technology is like unprofound touch of the wow that can be changed <laughs> yeah yeah oh, it's, it's wonderful it's wonderful i have a few more questions here was there anything else you wanted to say about that one i think you did a beautiful job answering and I do want to summarize the importance for okay. all of us, pay attention, transforming the fear, 
to more um, empower pattern of energy yes. in the body and to go allow yourself to do that without pushing the fear away, really yes. transforming it and experience life in such a much more healthy, much more healing, much more fulfilling way. Yes, feel the feelings and then let them transform. That's, yeah, yeah. Thank you so, so much. That's terrific. Um, some uh, more, let's say, a few along the practical line. Um, someone wanted to know about diet, uh, sugar, alcohol, meats, herbs, um, and vitamins. Do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> Actually, I don't because I'm not an expert uh, uh-huh. in of diet, in of food. I do believe that's really important, uh, and I do believe, you know, physically and the food affecting the physical function, the biological function, so on. But I do want to, you know, share um, beyond, you know, your choice of more healthy diet is uh, conscious eating. Yes. It's literally bring and love, bring consciousness into food, into the way you're eating and then the way you're relating to food, and especially, you know, and your relationship with the food. It's more important what do you eat. So how you eat, you know, how you're experiencing food when you're eating, it's more important. So to summarize, that is the same energetic principle. is how you are nourishing yourself, loving yourself, relating to yourself, and yeah. relating to life in general. And that's applied to everything we do. That's a beautiful answer. Yeah, just uh, as, uh, you know, I mean, I know that you you talk about it at retreats and everything. That just living qigong, it just becomes a part of of every moment of your life. And I think that's what I'm hearing you say with these answers too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's really about shifting energy. Yeah. Everything yeah. we're learning in qigong, in formal practice and applying to life, is learning how to shift the energy. You know, we cannot really depend on the idea, say. I'm going to live in a, a most, uh, you know, comfortable, beneficial, positive, loving energy in my environment, in my life, in my family, in my job, in my, you know, life in general. That is not quite possible. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to experience limitation, challenges, negativity, stress, you know, surprise, and health issue. But the question is how we can shifting that energy, how yeah. we transform it, how we can make a positive change within, you know, with the, with the condition we live in. That is the most important question. So if we learning, practicing Qigong, you're shifting the energy with the movement in your body, and, you know, learning the sound, shifting the emotion in your body, learning the visualization, shifting your mental relationship energetically, with your health, with life, then the true healing in a deep level, in yes. the physical, emotional, also in the spiritual level, naturally happening, naturally happening. Yes, yes. It's Thank very, you. very organic, very, very life-affirming way. And I think maybe, maybe, and, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about this because maybe you have something different to say, um, it is that as far as the visualizations go, uh, I think... T- Positive visualizations are wonderful, um, 
And it's good to keep them general because if they get really specific, then uh, it's 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 sort of defeating the purpose because um, it, it's it's more likely to set up for failure for one thing. What do you think? Um, about that? Yeah, that's really a good question. You know, since I think it really depends on the the person who are doing it. Uh-huh. Just really have this awareness when you're doing the visualization. And one is not only just concentration, but secondly, it's like this confidence. The confidence yes. to doing this visualization, you're really feeling good at, at doing it. And you're mm-hmm. feeling energetic response in the body beyond just thinking I'm doing right or wrong. I'm doing yes. perfect or not. Uh, or is there any other better way of doing it? I'm, uh, I'm you know, so these uh, kind of... Uh, common sense of question may not help you. You focus on like, I'm concentrating on what I'm doing. I'm choose to do this to literally creating the best result for myself. I'm literally feeling it, you know, while you're doing this, uh, when I'm doing the visualization, then you're naturally getting the result. Absolutely, and you just answered two questions that people asked about form, so thank you. That's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I'm it's not should... about perfection. It's not no. trying to be perfect. So it's, it's more importantly, it's more loving to yourself and yes. be positive, be healing, be more self-aware of yourself. So it's two things, and I want to share this over and over again. And in this um, session, too, is really, the first is accepting everything we are experiencing, whether it's a physical condition, whether our life condition, whether it's a story, whether emotion we're experiencing, whether, you know, the condition of the world. You know, whatever happened, happening, we learn to accepting it accepting it not based on good or bad, based on should or shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Accepting it by, you know, letting go of resistance. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, this is, is happening to me. Wow, this is happening to my life. Wow, this is happening to that person. The first response that I'm inviting is yes. <laughs> yes. Is yes to whatever happening because you respond no is causing stress. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's causing stress, causing contraction. So yeah. the yes doesn't mean say I love it. Doesn't mean I identify. Doesn't mean I want more of that. Right. But what happened right. is happened already. By resisting it, you're not really benefiting in any way. So that's the first aspect. So when you're doing the movement, say I'm not doing perfectly. You're accepting that. You're not able yes. to do perfect. So what? Yes. And so the next choice is is that uh, initiating, activating a new possibility. So even you're physically not able to do perfectly, you start to imagining the energy, imagining the movement, and imagining your healthy condition, imagining your connection with life in general. For example, 
And if you're physically not able to do certain um, activity, if you love sports, for example, you used to love sports, you're not able to do right now, you're imagining, energetically visualize, uh-huh. enjoying, you know, tennis or, you know, basketball, running, whatever, enjoying that, visualizing yeah. yourself. Then the body starts to feel that uh, uh, energetic possibility, yeah. energetic uh, flow starts to happen. And you start benefiting yourself instead of complaining, I wish I could, why I cannot do these conditions, you know, these um, activity you used to love, and that defeating the purpose. Yes, yes. Thank you, Ming Tong. That's wonderful. Do you think we should now um, open up to some callers? It's, we've got about 20 minutes till 3, or is there anything else that we should cover first? Yeah, that's great. That's great. So... Please do so. Okay, so um, I'm going to start opening up to callers, and let's see. Uh, there's someone online from uh, New Hampshire. If you have a question. Hi, I, I'm uh, just listening. I've been doing Qigong for talk with you, Bianca. This is Liz. Yes, hi. Hi. Hi, Liz. Hi, Ming Tong. I, I think I'll just listen. Okay, um, let's see. I think what I'll do is sort of identify people by location in case some people don't want their names uh, on the air, and then let, you can do as, as um, Liz did if you'd like to. Uh, let's see, uh, Judith, hi. Hi. Hi, Bianca. Hi. <laughs> hi, Ming Tong. Hello, Judith. Welcome. Thank you. It's very nice. Very nice to chat with you this way. <laughs> and, and you'll be meeting Judith. She'll be presenting in Santa Fe with us. Yeah. Oh, a, wonderful, a, Judith. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Yeah, me too, you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any, I will, I'll keep going down the line to see if anybody has questions. Um, uh, Palm Springs. Someone's there from Palm Springs. Do you have a question? I guess not. People are being shy today, Ming Tung. Um, Folsom, California. Question? All right. Port Gregory, Texas. Question? Is that a 361 number, Bianca? Yes. That's Jeff. I'm in Maryland. That's my Texas phone number. How are you today? Oh, hi, oh, hi Jeff. Jeff. Glad you called in. Now, you've met Ming Tong, right? Didn't you, did you go to one of his uh, weekends? I did. I went to his torture seminar in uh, Colorado Springs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a wonderful time in, in Colorado, and I've uh, I've kept up my three hours practice. I do about an hour and twenty minutes of lift you up, port you down, and then fifty wall squats, and an hour of the sound healing, and then uh, fifty more wall squats, and another lift you up, port you down, because I know your sound healing technologies. Uh, literature says that once you do the sound healing, to do spinal bone marrow or uh, lift chi up to kind of circulate the chi. Yes. Right. Yes. And and I've today is the today is my fourth month four month anniversary of keeping up the three hours a day. Congratulations, but, Jeff! That's yeah. amazing. I started a gong the day after I got back, and my 100-day gong will be up on uh, Thursday. But I've been listening oh, intensely. So great. I've been listening intensely to what you're saying, and I, 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 it resonates in the depths of my soul. But I'm still battling because my symptoms have gotten worse since I got back in Colorado. So I'm wondering what your 
what your strategy would be, what your recommendation would be? Yes. Now, so that's a really good question. Before I answer that question, what else do you notice beyond some of the symptoms getting worse? What other area of improvement, whether you have noticed or not? The only area of improvement I can I can think I can relate to, and it might be because I stopped working, because I used to work in Washington, D.C., and I'd get up about 4 in the morning, but I stopped working shortly before I went to Colorado, is I'm sleeping <laughs> through the night better. I'm, I'm having difficulties moving in bed, rolling over in bed, and pulling blankets still, but I'm sleeping better through the night. Good. Sleeping better overnight, yes. Any other area you're noticing? No, the I there there may be some, but I I just can't pinpoint it because I I shake all the time. My shake's gotten a lot worse, so I feel like yeah. someone's following me around all the time with a hand on each shoulder, shaking me constantly yeah. because because I'm not driving anymore and there's a lot of stuff I'm not doing that I used to do. Yeah. So that's a pretty very normal, especially uh, Jeff. Yeah, you are doing intense practice. And that process happening uh, much quicker than people just doing, you know, half-hour practice daily, and that's still beneficial. When you do intense practice like that, you're going slow, a deep energetic change. Now, physically, you may experience different things, and your symptom feels water, uh, feel worse some days. And uh, so one of the worst, you know, challenge for Parkinson patient is shaking. Yeah. So as I mentioned, mm-hmm. the tree, remember very well, is instead of trying to using the shaking as a measurement of improvement or not, you're letting go of that. Actually, you're consciously choosing letting the, the arm, letting the hands, letting the body shake, either during the practice or what way you're not practicing, letting the body continuously to shake. So what are you doing is not trying to controlling, stopping the process. You're allowing the energy to flow, even at a time shaking doesn't feel good. So you're allowing the energy to flow in the body, causing more intense, more intense energy stimulated by practicing Qigong. That means also stimulating more shaking too. That's the beginning stage. And doesn't okay. really meeting, you know, our common sense. Well, of course, we want the good results, you know, someday stop shaking. That can happen, too. It will happen, too. But in the beginning stage, is we're going through a different process than just the physical control. So it's really continuously allowing the shaking, allowing the practice, allow your mind connecting with the energy, allow consciously linking the energy of the brain with your energy of the arm, energy of the body, energy of your organ, especially the kidney energy, the spine energy, the nervous system energy. So in the middle of shaking, you're not stopping the energy flow. You continue to allow the energy flow. So usually uh, can help you even sometimes in the beginning stage, difficult mentally to do that, is you do more physically intense movement. So you're shaking anyway, you just allow the body shake away and doing more intense physical movement. So instead of stopping it, you go deeper into more energetic flow, more energetic um, connection. You're establishing a connection 
So that is one suggestion. And the second suggestion is um, is while we, whatever choice you're making, do not try to measure yourself by the result, especially physical result. That means not by the immediate result. You start focus on more on the energetic feeling of the entire body. For example, if you're feeling physically the arm is shaking, what else are you feeling beyond that shakiness, beyond that emotional response of fear towards it, judgment towards it? What else are you feeling? You know, beyond feeling of you're losing control of your body, and these are natural response. But beyond this feeling, what else are you feeling? Yeah, you're feeling your leg, you're feeling your heart, you're feeling of your breathing, you're feeling of uh, sensation beyond just shaking. So you focus more on that instead of the immediate, you know, uh, response than by, uh, let's say, the physical immediate uh, uh, condition. And if I may suggest also, uh, you know, I mean, in my pro healing process, I, I, nothing it's not that everything went away right away, and there were days when I shook more and days when I had more pain. But for every, the smallest little thing that I could view as improvement, I celebrated intuitively. And I didn't realize that in doing that, I was raising my vibrational level. So, for instance, you're about to... Uh, uh, complete a 100-day gong, that's an accomplishment for somebody who's in total good health. For you, that's that's amazing. I w uh, you know, if I were you, I would celebrate whatever that means to you. Uh, you know, I think mm -hmm. some, uh, really give yourself credit in a positive way for the fact that, that um, you know, you are empowering yourself all through this. Does that make sense, Ming-Tang? That's so beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Celebrating yeah, uh, when you're experiencing something good, mm -hmm. or, or being yeah. able to sleep through the sleep better—that's certainly worth celebrating. And I mean that you don't know what kind of um, residual effects that's going to have, as, and cumulative effects as, as that builds up and your body gets more rested again. I'm, you know, so so those can be things that you can can look at too. Okay, and, and your overall, I think your overall. Uh, attitude towards yourself, towards life, and that I can see is being changing already. Otherwise, you will not be so determined to do practice. Well, one, I've re I, I continue to read your your wisdom healing book. Oh yeah, how much? And I and I continue to read the hundred one miracles, and the the hundred one miracles book really resonates with me because be good, people. There was people that were struggling like me. Yeah. So that yeah. It, it tells me it's when okay to struggle. It's like uh, one thing, um, you know, really strong suggestion, you know, is to see how over the time whether you're able to smile more, <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> just smile to other people, but just smiling to yourself, smiling uh, to yeah. life, smiling in general. Yeah. 
Uh, if no, that I, I is the case, I think that is uh, not only worth celebrating. That is really a direction we want to focus on because the implication of that is not only just health but also quality of life. Well, I know your book says the inner smile is a shortcut, and I was talking to Ellie Coriel last week. I said yeah. I'm, aware of the inner, I'm aware of the inner smile and I can intellectualize it, but... I shake so much, I'm so slow that it's hard to feel the inner smile. I can visualize it, but feeling it is kind of an uphill battle at the moment. But I, I know it's on your list of shortcuts. Yeah. You know, if I can make yeah. a suggestion, sometimes when I do my sound healing and I go through every organ, I visualize each organ smiling. Yeah, I, I do that. Before okay. I listen, it sounds kind of cheesy. Before I do the organ, I say, smiling red heart. And oh, I good. Visualize the smile, and I visualize showering it in red cheese. So the visualization, I feel like a kindergartner again doing the visualizations, which puts you in a lighter mood. I don't know if a kindergartner exactly. was parking. <laughs> yeah, great. we all need that in that's that mood. Great. Kindergarten, I love that analogy, yes. Jeff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was the last grade I excelled at was kindergarten. Yeah. So. Good. Thank so, you, Jeff, I want to send you healing chi, like blessing chi, and deeply empower you for all the good change you can continue to make. Thanks, Ming Kong. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. And next caller, Grants Pass, Oregon. Do you have a question? Hi, this is Laurel. Hi, Hi. Laurel. Last time Hi. we spoke, you were seeing improvement. Hello. How are you doing? Yes, hello. Hi. <laughs> um, I I do feel see them, and I'm only doing it a half hour a day, but... Um, uh, this lady is amazing, Ming Tung. When she first the first few calls, her voice was was kind of uh, low, and now you're so strong. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it's it's I've been withdrawing from the medicine and lowering my uh, use of the medicine, and my uh-huh. nerves and my body become so ag- I become so agitated. I think I just can't stand it, and I run to the a CD, you know, <laughs> the, and and I put it on, and that changes my energy completely. Mm-hmm. So it calms me somehow. Which, which, now which the CD, question CD I had of, about fear was: you're talking about going deeper into the fear. Um, I think. Can you give me an example of that? I mean, um, my I went to therapy yesterday, and she said. My therapist said, we've got to stop running from the fear and go into it. And I started having a panic attack. You know, I kind of panicked. And um, I got up and did a couple of Qigong movements. Um, but it was um, the thought of going deeper into it seems to cause a state of panic. And I wonder if you had ever worked with that. Yes, I can understand that. So... This is not only quite uh, possible and natural, can be very challenging. So really, first of all, you know, we understand, we know, and the deep cause of fear is very deep, very deep. It's very primal. And if yes. you go further, you know, cause of fear, you know, you know, childhood imprints of childhood and certain trauma, certain condition certain emotional stress we experienced before, it's all kind of part of our programming in the system. So when we go into the fear, especially these sensitive uh, memory, I call energetic memory, is activated. 
Yes. Activate. So not judging yourself is the key. Yeah. But uh, you cannot run away from that because it doesn't really resolving the energetic uh, conditioning from the past. So the suggestion here, Laura, is, um, is, is using particular tool, you know, very practical tool, beyond just uh, mentally understanding it. So in this case, I will give you an example. When you're feeling that fear, is you, you train yourself and go into the kidney, go into the kidney, to the physical okay. body. Yeah, even you're feeling panic in the body, just feeling that panic in the body, not running away from that. And the mind has a tendency of why I'm feeling the panic, where's the implication of that panic, and how this can get worse, and what's the worst thing had happened in the past, allow, you know, trick me this uh, panic. So in mind, the tendency is focused on that. So you train what yourself, low qigong, when doing the physical movement, doing the sound, you're able to feel your physical body. Yeah. Feeling okay. the physical body doesn't mean you only do that when you're feeling good. It means when you're feeling the worst, that's the opportunity for you to go back to the body instead of running away from the body. Okay. Yeah. So when people say just go into the fear, that's uh, is a good suggestion, but not completely, you know, uh, let's say the statement is not complete. The question is how can you go into the fear in the most productive, transformative, healing way? Yeah. So, so going to the fear, you go into the body, basically. Okay. Body is feeling this fear. Beyond just the emotion, beyond just the mental story behind the fear. So you go, go deep into the physical body, the kidney, the low back, and you're making the sound, and you're doing the movement. Then you're transforming that energy. Okay, so you do the movement. Would I do, um, do that through the CD? And yeah, using the CD will be very supportive, especially when you're feeling these emotions. Okay, good. Yeah, and then you're also, able to you know, have the more energetic support. And, and I just wanted to mention that sometimes, you know, I, I'm sorry to bring up driving again. Maybe it says something about my driving, but sometimes <laughs> I'm driving and somebody cuts me off or there's a near accident or something and I don't have the CD with me or, or on. I just make the kidney sounds, and it really, really helps. That's it. Arf, arf sort of sound. Uh, that's the, the the kidney sounds. It's it's the. Do you want to make them or you want me to make them? Or you want to do it together? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like for anyone listening to right now. If you have learned the sound already, it's great. If you haven't learned, you can do that easily because it's like so much fun to do it. In the middle of the fear, feel you know, horrify, feel uh, even. Uh, like an uh, anxiety attack, you start to make yeah. it sound like this. Yeah. Like you, you, you are talking to your kidney, to your body in a way like, wake up now, wake up now, wake up now. And by doing so, and you feel so empowered, at the same time very playful. I always you tell myself that like, I'm, sca I'm scaring the fear away when I make that sound. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great. 
<laughs> yeah, and and then another thing that I that I do too after the sound is I think from in, you know going back into the head because I'm always going back into the head is is um, do I have everything I need at this moment because you know primal fear is about survival. Well, I, I had everything in my life that I've needed to get me to this point, and right now I'm still here. I have everything that I still need. I'm okay. You know, is, is another thing that I find help, helps me as well. That's a, such a great suggestion when I was talking about accepting, you know. It's like really not about perfect. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. It's yeah. really asking a question, are you okay in this moment? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank yeah, you, Laura. Yeah, it depends on comparing with your past, comparing with others. Yes. And... and um, Ming Tung, we've gone past three, and we have another presenter, John O'Dwyer, whom we haven't gotten to yet. I was going down the list, and he's still there. Are you? St- you're still on the line, aren't you, John? Thank you. Thank you, you guys. Sure, yes. Thank Laura. you, Laura. You're welcome. Keep good up the good practice. Send you blessing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> John, are you still there? I'm still on the line. I'm just. Oh, lit- thank uh, for your interest. patience. Um, Ming Tung, can we go on for just a few more mo- minutes? Yes, I can. If there's any question, or otherwise I can summarize uh, our conversation today. Okay, John, do you have a question? Just kind of a general thing. It, it sounds, from what I'm hearing, that doing uh, a lot of energy type of uh, exercises uh, uh, corrects or uh, improves the Parkinson's situation, but it it doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, take care of it permanently in all cases. In other words, uh, in other words, uh, uh, in other words, I, I don't. I, I'm wondering if there's anyone who has done these exercises and gotten to a point where they no longer need to do them and remain free of Parkinson's. Now, John, that is really a question. This is like, uh, are you a scientist? Uh, I'm kind of a health researcher. I'm a former uh, computer programmer. <laughs> yes, I can relate to that. That's very much, uh, very much, uh, you know, a male question or, you know, left-the-brain questions. So, really, um, the answer to this is very simple. I want to invite you to look at things in very different ways. So first of all, Qigong is not a pill. <laughs> it's not like you're taking a pill, then symptom is gone, then someday, you know, you don't need a pill anymore. Right. So Qigong is really about, you know, living life. It's about living with energy, living with your body fully. It's as much as like a breathing, as a breathing. For example, you know, um, uh, if you have a problem with breathing, then you do whatever you're doing. For example, let's say we do Qigong, open your breathing again. But then the breathing change, you're still breathing. You're going to continue breathing in a better way. Then that breathing becomes your Qigong. So it's in a way, in reply to your question, is like this. If you're doing Qigong to a degree that becomes so natural, 
so natural, yeah. And so two things become happen. You know, whatever the timeline is, if you recover from all the health issues, then whether you continuously doing qigong or not, when you are formally doing qigong, so that qigong become part of your life. It become part of you. Not necessarily. I'm doing qigong, trying to recover from Parkinson anymore. Yeah. And I'm the there. I have to agree with that. Up. And the second piece is basically uh, is like, uh, and again, qigong is not an actual pill you have to take to you know, take care of symptoms. It's life. We're living life anyway. In this case, we're living life differently, consciously working with your body, consciously working with energy. Then. The second piece is the people who are doing Qigong really mastered. Then eventually they don't, doesn't need to do formal practice anymore. They remain healthy without doing formal Qigong because in that stage, the mind is working with energy directly. They don't need to formally doing it anymore. Exactly. Yeah, they're walking, they're doing Qigong. They're eating, doing Qigong. They're yes. breathing, they're doing Qigong. Yes. They're, you know, doing the job, they're doing Qigong. Yes. They sleep with the Qigong. <laughs> so that is really important to understand, John. All right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're I mean, so welcome. <laughs> thank you. That was beautiful because basically that gets back to what you said in the beginning about Qi being the life force. And I feel like yes. now I am I have healed. I am in constant contact with my energy and my life force, whether I'm doing formal practice or writing a blog or answering an email or walking or eating, I'm always aware of that energy. Exactly. If you really tap into the energy, you won't, you know, have a such question. I fed up with the chi. I don't want more chi anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My life is over. You know? <laughs> My Parkinson's disease is over, but I don't want a life anymore. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to have such a question or such a implication. You just naturally, I want more of chi, more, more of life. I want to enjoy my practice more. Exactly. Yes. And, and I mean, I find that now... That is I mean, a real practice. Yeah. And after three and a half years, I mean, I'm not doing three hours a day anymore of formal practice. Most days I don't have time. When I come to visit you at a retreat or when I go to a workshop or something, then I then I get in hours and hours. But but uh, yeah. I'm lucky if I can fit in, you know, two hours, including meditation, uh, during a, a regular day now. And I don't stress about it. I don't think, oh, my gosh, if I don't get in, you know, exactly 120 minutes, I'm going to have Parkinson's tomorrow, you know. Right, right. Yeah. So coming down to it is really whatever helps you in the moment, and Qigong allow you to do that. Yes, and yes. not only supporting to that, but able you to do that. Well, I, I want to thank you. Experiential and personal and durable, yes. practical <laughs> as well as spiritual process. Thank you so much, Ming Tung, uh, number one, for being on the planet and introducing me to this beautiful practice, and number two, for this lovely hour plus that we've had today, which I think will be beneficial to so many people. And I know that you have a family and uh, everything to get back to. Do you want to brief, briefly sum up or uh, or just say goodbye to the audience? What would you like to do? Yes, and um, thank you, Bianca, for this opportunity. Thank everyone 
and join us to you know to share this new possibility, especially and the energy that we're sharing with each other make it you know possible for us to move forward with healing, with better health, better energy, and better life in general. So I do want to summarize three things I think can be help you whatever condition you're working with, including Parkinson. And the first is really um, making a conscious choice of empower yourself, improving yourself. And so recognizing whatever limitation we may experience is part of life, but really taking advantage of whatever opportunity, you know, using the challenge as opportunity to make a new choice. And the second is really um, do a regular practice, whatever you love to do. In the beginning, you know, it might be challenging when you're working with severe conditions, physically, emotionally, but really stick with the practice and really make it a consistent routine, a part of your life, as I shared, you know, in just last five minutes. <laughs> really enjoying, building to the point, whatever it takes, building to the point, you're enjoying the practice in a consistent basis. Then the third is really about uh, transforming our emotion and especially transforming fear and also deeply um, give yourself permission to love yourself, be compassionate, be gentle, be kind, be loving to yourself. So the yeah. practice of Qigong help you to do that by starting making the choice, including, you know, loving yourself, nourishing yourself, including the inner smile, including designate certain time specifically for yourself. When you're doing Qigong, that's a time to nourish yourself and letting go of the judgment whether you're perfect or not or doing things right or wrong. You literally give yourself, say, I'm going to enjoy myself to the degree you're allowing yourself. And so that is the, the third piece. Then third is really enjoying the moment and not uh, depends on the immediate result, especially the physical result. And also carry this mental comparison, you know, how good I am, how bad I am, and mm -hmm. what is the physical condition I'm experiencing mm -hmm. or not. Just letting go of that, go deeper every moment you can enjoy yourself, celebrating yourself, truly and experiencing the energetic aliveness. You know, it's about energy. Life is about energy. So enjoying this aliveness, the energy movement, the energy connection, no matter how the imperfection of life, imperfection of health at the moment seems. And that is the celebration. So these are a few pieces I feel truly deeply important you know from my own personal experience as as well as the indirect experience of uh, all these practitioners have enjoyed their uh, healing enjoy their health benefit coming out of these uh, particular uh, quality of practice quality of life and choice and so on thank you so very much ming tang this was this was just just beautiful and and um uh looking forward to uh seeing you and uh several of our at least several of our callers in in Santa Fe next month. Yes, yes, I'm so looking forward to myself. <laughs> and also when is your next retreat at the Chi Center? 
Our next retreat is uh, April, April uh, 8th to uh, no, 5th to 18th. 5th to 18th. You can have choice of uh, 5 days or 10 days, even totally 14 days. Wonderful. Looking forward to seeing some people there as well. <laughs> yes, for people who don't know yet, you can find out more information on our website, the chicenter.com, C-H-I-C-N-T-R.com. Yeah, everybody on here has gets my um uh, my is connected to my website and I have a link right there too. So it's chicenter.com or you can link up through my website as well. So gr- great. Thank you so so very much Ming Tang and Hala. Thank you, Hala. Sending <laughs> right. everyone blessing for the new year, more health, more happiness, more abundance, love, life, energy. Hola. Hola. Bye-bye. Bye. And I am Robert Rogers. This is Parkinson's Recovery. You've just heard a discussion between Bianca Molay and Master Ming Tong Gu, both of whom who will be presenting amazing workshops at the 2013 Parkinson's Recovery Summit in Santa Fe, New Mexico at the La Fonda Hotel. You can get additional information about the other 16 presenters who are coming from across the U.S., from Hawaii, and from across Canada by visiting the Summit website. That's www.summit.parkinsonsrecovery.com. I've had several calls from individuals who've struggled with being able to connect in to the Summit website. Feel free to email me or to call. I have a program I'm taking to the printer today, and I'd be delighted to email that program to you and answer any questions you might have about the Summit. We begin with the reception at 7 p.m. in the evening on February the 21st, Thursday, and we go all day Friday, all day Sunday, and then all day Saturday, and then Sunday morning until noon. You can call our long-distance toll-free number for additional information. That's 877-526-4646, or email me. The address is robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, at parkinsonsrecovery.com that's p-a-r-k-i-n-s-o-n-s r-e-c-o-v-e-r-y dot com I'd be delighted to answer all of your questions and also send you a program if you've been unable to connect to the Summit website We'll also be on local Santa Fe radio on Sunday morning, so be sure if you live in Santa Fe or in New Mexico, connect in and hear a discussion of the other amazing individuals who will also be at this summit. So that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show today, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. Know also that next week on Wednesday, we'll be flying down to Santa Fe and we'll be unavailable to actually air a live program. So to be able to see where the action is at, come 
two, the 2013 Parkinson's Recovery Summit in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and discover for yourself the many options that are helping individuals reverse the symptoms that are currently associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. May you have a magnificent week, and I look forward to connecting with you next week at the La Fonda Hotel in Santa Fe. Good day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.